reading from the second book of Kings. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went, and stood at some distance from him as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. The word of the Lord.
such as no one on earth could be. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking to Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. All right. 
wrapped together in that swaddled babe. In the case of the just published book, years of study, teachers and writers who influenced you, your book stands on the shoulders of all the thinkers in your field who have come before. And the book in your hand, that same book signals hope for your future, a revelation and a transformation of who you are as an academic or a researcher or a speaker. All the past, the present, the future wrapped up in that shiny new cover. Standing on the top of a really tall mountain, we bring our whole selves to that experience. The training that led to the accomplishment of making the ascent. The amazing taste of the water we drink when we get to the top. The expansive view gives us hope in who we might actually be. Past, present, and future are one. This is the experience of the disciples in today's story, when they behold the dazzling transformation of their friend Jesus. Past, present, and future come together in him. Jesus is revealed to be even more than they had imagined. Remember, this is James, John, and Peter, three of those fishermen we talked about just a few weeks ago, who dropped their nets to follow Jesus. So today, he led them up a mountain, and they went, just the four of them together, away from the crowds. We're told that while they were up there, Jesus' clothes became dazzling white, and he was apparently transformed in an amazing way. The friends they knew looked even more special. And they heard a voice proclaim, This is my son. The beloved, listen to him. There's a present reality. Jesus is God's son. His voice, the one we are to heed. And they saw Moses and Elijah, the great prophets of the faith, standing there with Jesus. Jesus is related to this past, to the one God, God of Israel. The booths that Peter suggests building are actually a reference to the festival of Sukkot, which is a vision of the end times, of the perfect future. So Peter is actually seeing the future in this moment. Past, present, future. Jesus is revealed on that mountain to be all those things wrapped up together. As human creatures, when we're not having a mountaintop experience, we tend to live just in the present moment, particularly when we are so busy and so focused on all we have to do. We also seem to have a tremendous affection for the past, Perhaps not the actual past, but the past we have reimagined in our memory. And we are often not so eager about the future. In today's world, anxiety sometimes outweighs.
this is a gross generalization and may not be true for any one of us right now. But I think today's story of the Transfiguration reminds us that our faith is not simply about hope in a better future, but rather hope in relationship to a God who knows the whole story, who knows the past, who knows the present, and the future, a God who holds all those things together with love. Former Archbishop of Canterbury, Roman Williams, puts it this way, I'm paraphrasing. As God's beloved, we can have faith that all of who we are, the past, the present, and the future, are held in a single gaze of love. In the eyes of God, who will never abandon, never go away, all that you have been, all that you are, all that you will be, is always held in this unifying gaze of love. That's the good news. Roman Williams also extends this truth about the church as a gathered body. And I'm just going to read you what he says, because it's better than I can explain. So think about our church today. The church larger than just about our community church too. He writes, Hope then is not simply confidence in the future. It is confidence that past, present, and future are held in one relationship. So that the confusions about memory, who were we? Who was I? Who am I? Who are we? Those confusions become bearable because of a witness in heaven. A witness who does not abandon. This suggests that the church needs to be marked by profound patience. Profound patience. Patience with actual human beings in their confusions and uncertainties. Patience in an environment when so much seems to be unclear and in danger of getting lost. Patience in the sense that we realize it takes time for each one of us to grow up into Christ. And if it takes time for us as individuals, that it takes time for the body, the community, to grow overall. Hope and patience belong together, he says. Only a church that is learning patience can proclaim hope effectively. So today, as we gather here around the table and then gather afterwards for our annual meeting, may we know that each one of us and this place, this gathered community. And we know that we are held in God's gaze. Our past, the lives and faithful witnesses of those who came before, our present work, our challenges, our relationships with one another, 
our ministry together, and our future as a faith community. These things are already bound together in God's view. May we find our patience and our faith in this good news. Jack. 
give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, be your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Nick Hopkins, Uncle of Niccolo Gavaki, and Edmund Bridges, nephew of Harriet Bridges, who has given today's altar flowers in loving memory of Edmund. Are there others? May your will for them be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, be your mercy. We pray today for this congregation as we gather for our annual meeting to name new leaders, give thanks for those who have served, report on our work in the past year, and to plan for our continuing ministry in this place. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty and ever living God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, hear our prayers for this parish family. Strengthen the faithful, arouse the careless, and restore the penitent. Grant us all things necessary for our common life, and bring us all to be of one heart and mind with an immortal church, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor.
Our Ash Wednesday services are 7 a.m., noon, and 7 p.m. You are welcome to come for Ash Wednesday. The night before, comes to teach on Pancakes, 6 o'clock Tuesday night. And we have lots of lunches programming through from now to here. There's some beautiful, full-color brochures that are welcome to if you want to see more about what we're doing in Lent. It's also all on our website. There is healing prayer right over here in the transept during the evening. So we need to following Walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself for us and offered in
right and the good and joyful things, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing with him to proclaim the glory of your name.
the name of this congregation, I send you forward carrying these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We are ready in our own body, because we all share in For the blessing, I invite you at the end of the service to go and get something to eat and a cup of coffee or a tea from the parish hall, and then come back here by 11:15, which is 10 15, which is the 20 minutes for our annual meeting. May Christ, the Son of God, be manifest in you, that your lives may be a light to this world and blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you, and remain with you this day and always. Amen.